0: Welcome to episode 2 of Back on the Street. Um, this is a podcast series, so if you're just joining us, this won't really make sense unless you go back and listen to episode 1. So you are joining us just after our first game uh, mm-hmm. of the campaign, and uh, how did you find it, Jay? Well, I
1: thought it was the best game of Netrunner I've ever played.
0: <laughs> so Jay <J1. laughs> one, Yeah, um, so this is going to be our spoiler-free section, we'll tell you when we're going to talk about campaign stuff. We can talk a bit about stuff that doesn't relate directly to spoilers. Yeah. So, uh, spoilers, Jay <laughs> one. Yes. <laughs> I, so I'm playing as HB, he's obviously playing as the Shaper, and I, I went for quite fast and aggressive early, uh, which I think was correct, because you had Magnum Opus and the new console, what's the name of that, can you remember uh, backs. Ubax. Ubax, down. Um,
1: yeah, the issue with the Shaper deck especially is I found the econ options were super limiting. You are essentially playing Magnum Opus Lottery, yeah. um, but even then you're slow to set up, everything is quite expensive... So you scored some crucial early points, Yeah, and it looked like it was going your way. Yeah,
0: I felt like I had to do that, because you had this incredible Econ option down in, in Magnum Opus, and this good card draw engine in you back. so I wanted to kind of be aggressive, and I had quite a good early Econ draw. So yeah, I made a two-ice remote, and I scored out... Uh, oh, what was the first... It's engine? the um, it's the campaign... Oh, the campaign, one. I scored out, yeah, the Evidence Collection, which is a campaign card. So I scored that out pretty quickly... Uh, went for a base test with a. I went and double advanced it so that I would ha- be able to score it with, or single advanced it so I could score it with the click remaining. You you ran it. This is the crucial part. You ran it mostly to test me. Yep. Because the chances you could get it were very unlikely. I had two ice mm-hmm. and I resed, uh, one of the new pieces of ice, uh, Executive Functioning, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. That traces you and does a brain damage. That was good. That was one of my little tasks was to do a brain damage to you. So I got to search for a card. Then you hit Eli 2.0, which ended the run. So again, all, all great for me. I got to draw a card off that. Crucially, I, that almost bankrupted me doing that, which is the part of, that I hadn't quite considered. But again, I was just felt like I had to go fast, so I thought, okay, I'll score out the base test. So I scored the base test. And I feel like for this campaign I'm basically gonna fire base test every time anyway, yeah. because it's it's fun and we're embracing kind of the, the casual aspect. Um and also, if I hit some ice there, if I hit a big piece of ice like one of my hindalls, I'm looking I'm sitting really pretty. Yeah,
1: because there's no way that the shaper. Uh the Shaper, Icebreakers, they're all themed around having spare memory yeah. slots, uh, can really get to that size to break that in a way that's economic.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, if I could get hit a good piece of ice, even if I traded two or maybe even four points for it, I'd be good to go. I had my 5-3 in my hand, so I was ready to just go score that out, but I bankrupted myself and then my base my test hit three agendas. <laughs> yep, so I run archives,
1: take three agendas, and then Maker's Eye R&D,
0: yep. take the last one, Yep. And that was the Jobs game. good. <laughs> that was the crucial part. Was that not only did you get points off the base test, which is you know that's one thing, yeah. but I was put so poor I couldn't rest the toll booth on R and D, which mm-hmm. meant that you played a makers and yeah, closed out the game. I actually had
1: a second makers in uh, MVRAM as oh, well, nice. so yeah, that yeah. was ready to go too. Yeah,
0: <laughs> MV Ram is a great place to have your makers because sometimes yeah. those runabouts clog up your hand. Having yeah. them in MVRAM is you just don't think about them until you're ready. You just grab and go. So yeah, I um, I tried to go too fast. Maybe I tried to go too fast. I felt like I was maybe losing that long game. You're also just making little um, HQ and R and D pokes every so often, yeah. which is threatening to me because I have three a real three pointer in my day. Yes, uh, no global food initiative uh, in this deck. So I was trying to kind of go fast, and it, it went badly for me. Um, but it was fun. I like. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was
1: a good. It was an interactive game, and yeah. it was good
0: fun. Some um, classic there It was.
1: It, it felt very core set. Yes, it like, did. We were both dirdling around trying to get our setups together. Uh, the uh, run aside, especially for me, you really felt like you were digging for those one or two icebreakers that you yeah. put in your deck, just hoping that you're going to have enough of a suite. But I actually didn't break a single
0: subroutine. No, that's how a lot of it that game. <laughs> oh, and there <laughs> there goes. And I'm HP, so you can fit through. Yeah, exactly. You can, you can improvise. Uh, it felt like upgraded core set, which is what yeah. I kind of wanted out of this box. And the campaign stuff kind of had that effect too. We both had little extra abilities because of the campaign. We won't say what they do at this point, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, that also kept it interesting. So, I think that's I think that's kind of uh, what we have to say about. Oh, do you want to talk about your deck quickly as well? Because we didn't talk about our decks. Yeah. Before. Um, so, talk about the deck building process for you. Um, well, I don't know. There wasn't anything super fancy. I pulled up the card list,
1: and it was just mostly set cards. Uh, there's a good chunk of set cards in the set, but um, Isla's uh, sort of ice theme, like I said, is free memory. So building around that is quite difficult. Yeah. Um you get two options, which is Savant and the one I'm playing, which I've already forgotten the name of.
0: Yeah, card names. No, it's fine, I've names. got them. Adept. Yeah.
1: Um savant and adept. Um and the issue is they both break two sets of ice yeah. between them. So the trade-off was basically was it going to play um, Savant and uh Kuroda, Yeah. or Adept and Gordian Blade? And that was really the only big Deck building question I had to ask myself whilst I was deck building. Um, in the end, I fell on the side of Adept and Gordian Blade because Adept seems better on its own. Yeah, and you are saving it as well. Um, even though Corroder is obviously one of the best icebreakers in the core set box. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you save influence and you, um, you you get a better piece of ice out of the box, as it yeah. were. But other than that, Shape is just very limited on its econ options. That yeah. was the main problem I found. So you really are, like I said, just hoping to rip that magma or... Armitage
0: code busting early. Yeah. And you, you do have a little campaign ability. It gives you a little bit of Econ. Yeah. that kind of might help you along. So yeah, the, the Econ option aspect is big. Whereas I, as the HP player, have a lot of options for Econ and actually ended up cutting some of it because I wanted to try some new cards. And I felt like my Econ was perfectly functional even without the classic ETF ability. Yeah. I didn't get to fire my ability that game. Uh, but I was kind of... The way my draw was going, it was pretty obvious that was going to happen and that's fine. I was ready to just you know keep trying to go and be fast. So I'm happy with my deck. Uh, if my base tested better I probably would have won but that's always the case with HP yeah exactly <laughs> yeah uh, like you said so if was, you had hit
1: a big piece of Haymaker Ice yeah. it would have just locked me out I just yeah. would not
0: have had a way to tackle that I think I could have closed it but yeah that's that's how KPS Netrunner should go yeah. yeah, it was based on on our decisions and the way the cards fell so I think that's all we've got to say without talking about campaign stuff you want to talk about some campaign stuff now yeah sure okay so yeah this is all spoilery stuff so probably let, listen to this if you either don't care about the campaign or have already played it yeah so Let's talk about the campaign aspect oh, of, this, of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to. So I uh, did not. I achieved one of my little tasks, which doesn't yep. mean I had to open anything new. It doesn't mean I got an effect, and I did not have to open anything else. Yeah. So, but we did start obviously with with getting our little pads out, our cardboard bits, getting the stickers, yep. Making our choices, reading flavor text to each other. So we kind of hit our first point of this game which we'll come back to when we talk about what Jay had to do after our first game. There is a lot to read. There is so
1: much flavour text and I mean I'm not a writer myself yeah. but it doesn't
0: feel great. Yeah, so there's a few issues here for me. One is that I don't think the writing is stellar which it's a gaming product. I'd rather have a good game with some with some awkward writing than the yeah. other way around. So Definitely. Fine. I w- but I do wish that the it had been shorter. Yeah. Like, so, so for example you'll, there'll be a thing it will be like okay, start off so for me as the HP player you start off I decide whether I'm whether my approach is or oh, we want to do this by the book and kind of you know carefully uh, plot around and find out who did this and you know lock everything down or we're just going to go hard and find the Byrode and uh, and do, no matter what the cost is fine you know that's cool. I wish they'd told me that in like a paragraph. Like yeah, okay, are we going to go hard and get it done or do you want to play more carefully? Okay, you want to play more carefully. Here's another sen- Here's another punchy sentence talking about okay, you know, get it done. That's yeah. fine. But then, the issue is, it's they give you a little pack and you open your little
1: pack. But the pack is comprised of about six cards, and each card has uh, four sentences to a whole paragraph yeah. of flavor text. Yeah. So I mean, the thing was, we both read the flavor text because we both wanted to know what was going on on both sides of the campaign. But the issue is, then you have so much setup. I mean, we played one game of Netrunner in near sort of forty-five minutes yeah. of
0: of setup. Yeah, it just, it feels like every card is a scene from a film, and I don't think it needed to be that. I think it needed to be an exchange, like it needed to be an A, B, C and a D. Uh, Quite punchy, but... The other thing is the subject matter is a little bit bizarre to me. Yeah. Um,
1: I understand the draw of, like, a, a murder mystery investigation and all of that, but I just don't think it fits the setting all that well. Yeah. And the characters they've kind of established, it doesn't make a huge lot of sense for them to be investigating a murder... It just seems like a strange subject matter for the Android universe. I
0: feel like I'm watching a Hollywood movie, which I guess isn't so bad. But given that the Android universe, the Android universe takes most of its cues from classic sci-fi and cyberpunk novels. It's all Gibson y e and like yeah. Robert Robert Heinlein uh, is a big is a big uh, influence. And I would have liked to see that a bit more. And I feel like you could have done that without uh, without getting because there's just there's a lot of the dialogue in this feels like it was taken from a Hollywood film that yeah. I would forget after watching it. Uh, you know, during the summer, like a summer blockbuster, which again, I guess I guess I can see what they were going for. I just feel like it's a bit too wordy because every every time you open a thing, you're like, okay, you need to make this choice, that's got some flavor text. You can give it a new task. Is some flavor text. Yeah. So like that was just when we opened it and started. Now you had to then open another pack because yeah, you calculated exactly. your campaign objective, and then you had you had two cautions, these things where if some if you get some if you do a do a bad thing, you get a disadvantage, which is a cool Really yeah, like cool I idea. like
1: the the caution mechanic is cool because it's like a video game where it's there, but you're probably going to prod it just to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, let the caution happen just to see what the pack says. But the problem is, I literally like tripled the number of stickers on my yeah. sheet after opening the second pack. So really, there was a lot of time where you were sat watching me put stickers on a card yeah. and read flavour text. And oh, Yeah,
0: yeah was... so the rule book suggests that you might not want to read stuff to each other. You might want to read in silence. But that is going to lead to a lot of one player sitting there while the other player goes, okay... Cool. Okay, yeah. here's another thing. An
1: interactive, fun time yeah, to spend with your strange. friends.
0: Although, actually, I do think that the caution texts were about the best we've seen so far. They were quite punchy. It's like, yeah. you wake up from a bad dream, you dreamt of this thing, it's pretty horrifying, okay, go. And then yeah. the other one is, Deggardo warned you about something, okay, we're done. But that was quite yeah. good. That's and if that I was I if, if every if every sticker card was like that, mm. I wouldn't have a qualms.
1: I'd have nothing really to say about it. Yeah. But, yeah, it was just the case that it was Reeves rooms, rooms. I don't know, maybe, maybe now that they've laid the scene... We'll get into the later packs, yeah. and the pace might pick up a bit.
0: Yeah. But there's still a lot of empty spaces on those sticker sheets. Yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> I do think the getting little little objectives during games is cool. I like upgrading the cards or picking new cards. You've got a choice of uh, some new cards to include in your deck. Yes, I
1: don't think I'm going to play either of them. That's um, a little bit upset, Which is a shame. Um, they're obviously both niche. They don't want to give you big Haymaker yeah. cards and anything, but... Again, it relates back to how the deck is built, but one of them costs memory, so it's never getting installed. Yeah. And the other one is a very marginal effect.
0: So, yeah, the one you've picked is this. I mean, we can read it, right? Yeah, go ahead. BMI Buffer, three-cost hardware mod. When a program is trashed from your grip, host it on BMI Buffer instead of adding it to your heap, and you can spend two clicks to install it. So it's kind of a situational damage preventer slash maximum hand size increaser. Yeah. Which... I just feel like I would rather have had this in a data pack than in the camp. I feel like the ca- I would have liked the campaign cards to be quite powerful effects, yeah. like a really meaty econ card or like yeah. something that encouraged you to do something reckless. Or is just a weird situation. Something that
1: patches up some of the shortcomings of the cards yeah. you're given at the start. Yeah. Uh,
0: but this is just another kind
1: of situational situational
0: card. Yes, so that, that would have been. Yeah. So it would have been neat. For example, if you got uh, for the Shaper deck some kind of card that gave you a bunch of MU or something, yeah. it would have been okay. It might have felt like an upgrade if they'd yeah. really pushed it, but I don't know. I mean, maybe they don't want to waste great card designs on cards that aren't going to see a ton of play. I just wish that you were more excited to play that card than you are. Yep, yeah, and it's just probably not going to make it in. I don't know. I might cut, you know, the card they give you at the start, the
1: uh, detective. I might cut one of her and put one yeah. of this in just for flavors sake. Yeah. But, uh, and you were able to get
0: her in your scorer at the end of the game, oh, which yeah. is why you progress. Which is which is cool. That is like, neat. Um, she's cool. She, that was really fun. And
1: the upgrade, uh, the fact that you're putting the sticker over the card and she gets better as the campaign
0: goes on that's going to be a neat little thing that is neat
1: I, fairly marginal right now <laughs> yeah. but
0: yeah I am enjoying the side quest nature I'm enjoying the, the cautions and the objectives that's the part that's yeah. this, this, this is fun yeah, I, I'm excited to play I
1: missed a side quest uh, whilst we were playing yeah. and then uh, took the brain damage and the card that I could have used to activate said side quest got discarded from a hand and it was a good moment because it was like oh I misplayed <laughs> yeah. like,
0: but you felt like you'd made a wrong turn in yeah. the case
1: and it was flavourful yeah. yeah
0: and you can still complete that later so yeah. you haven't given it up so yeah, we're excited to play more. Uh, I have, I'm, I've got more. I'm, it feels like we maybe spent more time criticizing than yeah. saying good things. It's, that's where, because it is it's worth pointing out. Yeah. It
1: is but worth pointing out. We did have a good time. We had a great fun time, game of yeah. Netrunner, which is the most important yeah, thing. That's the good thing. Uh,
0: yeah. So I think that's. I think that's all we really have to say. I yeah. think. Hopefully, our people, other people's experience has been the, the same. Yeah, game one was exciting. Hopefully, our future games will be just as exciting, and we're interested to see what else the box has to offer. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks again for listening to Back on the Street. If you have any feedback or comments, I'm at Vinegary Mink on Twitter, spelt like Vine, Gary Mink. That's probably the best way to get in touch. Please bear in mind that the whole series was recorded before we started to post them, so we won't be able to make any changes, but we would still love to hear your feedback. Finally, our intro and outro music is the track MDK by UK synthwave artist Arc Neon. You can find his music at arcneon.bandcamp.com.